I'm getting updating my insurance to $50,000 policy. Because you got to think of not only all the product you lost, but now I have to come up with $6,000 to get into that new place. I have to spend $3,000 plus on electrical upgrades. And that's not even getting all your products replaced. So do more than just your actual inventory. Because if you get displaced, you need money to go forward. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Today we have Deb Basil on. If you have not heard yet, you're going to hear actually really kind of a sad, sad tale with I think a very hopeful beginning of an ending. We'll call it, we'll say. Deb's salon burnt down on June 25th. She left on Friday, went out of town, and while she was gone, her whole salon burnt down with the whole building that was in. Everything, all gone. Nothing saved. It was absolutely devastating. And we knew Deb because she is a Lashy Award-winning lash artist. And she has a salon. And we've known about her and got to know her a little bit. And really um, honored to have her come here today and talk a little bit about what happened. I mean, this is not easy stuff, guys. I mean, you, you lose everything. And it, it's easy to have despair and want to give up and Deb's not wired that way she's a fighter and I can tell that things go wrong and things go bad she just pivots and finds another way and so we actually once we heard about this we decided to jump in and try to help and get the word out and one of our friends set up a GoFundMe and so we said you know what we we want to be part of this. We want to help out. There are so many people in this industry who've been blessed, who have been given much, and I know if they hear about this, they'll want to give back. So we emailed, DM, texted a whole bunch of people, and right now, as of today, on July 5th, they have $10,635. That's amazing. And a lot of names you'll see are big CEOs, brands, people you know, Lash artists, influencers, it's actually quite impressive, the group that's jumped in, supporting and giving back to Deb and her team, because she has a team who relies on this. So what we need now is for us to finish the job. She really needs like 25000 and really probably even more than that. But she's right now, her friend put in 25000 
between that and she did gain 5,000 from her insurance, that 30K will go a long ways to help make up all the losses and get her back up on her feet as she actually is hoping to open up soon. So you're going to hear all this stuff, the details, the lessons learned, what she would do differently this time, what you need to be doing with your business to protect yourself. And I want all of you right now to at least start thinking about how you can give. Uh, hopefully as you listen to the story, you'll be like, no, I want to help out. Because in the show notes, guys, is the link to the GoFundMe page. And you can hopefully hear the story and then stop at some point and go, you know what? If this was me, I hope people would rally around me and help. We all want to make this just a norm for our industry. Whenever someone's really in a bad place, we need to rally around them and help out and get them back on their feet. And so hopefully you guys listening right now will do that and give to her generously. Even five bucks is great, but I know many of you can afford a lot more than that. A lot of you can say, no, I just won't do Starbucks for a week. And that would be like 25, 30, 40 bucks probably just in Starbucks savings. So whatever you can do is great. All, if we got like a thousand of you to give five bucks, we would be, you know, go so far. So I really hope you guys will think about it and jump in and do that. And before we get into all that, though, let's get into the next part. We'll shift gears and let's do some announcements. We have really not a whole lot left for the year. The year is almost wrapped up for us as far as all the activities, all the travels, all the things we have. We have LashCon. That's really our big thing. We're just pushing that right now. At this point, we probably are at the three-month payment plan. So you instead of having four months, now it's just three months. But the price is still $7.97. That's not going up for, I think, two more weeks. So if you've been holding out, this is your chance. Get the tickets, $7.97 for the standard ticket. And buy that now because at some point, if it sells out, I you know that's it. There's nothing more. We're not going to sell more tickets. We're not holding back. We're going to just close the doors and be done with it. But you know, we still have quite a bit. So we have ways to go. I'm not saying we're close because uh, this, the this place, this theater, this hotel is much bigger. But at the same time, it's a possibility. Last year, we did sell out. This year, we'll just say it's a possibility. We expanded to a place much more uh, accommodating for our growth. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. So don't wait. Don't wait. Save the money. $7.97 right now. Three-month payment plan. Get going. Get on that. Next, we also have one more thing that we're doing this year, and that's going to be our last business masterclass. That is going to be up in at the PLA location in Reno on July 25th, 26th. It's $1,000 and we're going to teach business guys, all things business, anything and everything you need to know, really. If you're just getting into this and you've never sat down and really thought through everything from pricing to your customer service to policies to marketing, I mean, the list goes on. It's two full packed days of information. We would love to have you be there and be part of it. So go to the link in the show notes and sign up today before they're sold out. I have no idea where they're at at this point. I think they are close, but I do not think they're sold out yet. So you have a little bit of time, and in a few weeks, you can hang out with us in Reno, up in an amazing, beautiful space near Lake Tahoe. It's an awesome place, guys. Definitely, if you can, plan a day or two to go and relax and see the mountains and see all the beauty without all the crazy. Actually, I think there's still snow even up there at this point. There was so much snow this year in California. Okay, guys, that's all we have announcements. Now let's get to our interview where we sit down with Deb and learn about this horrible event that happened to her and her salon. Hey, 
Hey, Smart Cookies, we are coming to you at the Lash Cast Studios. So excited to bring you our next guest, Deb Basil. She is of Lash Story Studios in Pennsylvania, near the Poconos. Recently, Deb has had a little bit of bad luck, tragedy, a yeah. little bit of tragedy, and we're here to talk with her about it so she can help you lash folks at home. Well, specifically, her salon burnt down from the time we were here, I think about seven or eight, eight day or nine days ago. So we're going to talk about that because I think that's something that is almost like every salon owner's worst nightmare is to lock that door, walk out the door, go home, and then come back and it's all gone. And so Deb, we're glad to have you here. Welcome to the show and let's talk about this horrible incident, but hopefully something we can learn from and grow from and hopefully uh, help you in a little way too. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me for sure. We joke about it often whenever a new mom or, you know, you leave the house for even a matter of hours. Sometimes you, you're afraid to come back and we joke, oh, I, I think, it, you know, to find the house burnt down. Yeah. But in your case, that's actually what happened. So let's just, yeah, find the story, like what happened exactly and, you know, tell us and then we'll get into it a little bit more after that. Yeah. So we had the weekend off. My whole team did. None of us were in there on Saturday. So Friday we leave, you know, do our normal cleanup, whatever. On Sunday morning at 8.30, I get a phone call from one of the girls because the building that we're in, it was two stories and it was not necessarily a strip mall, but there was a lot of different businesses inside this building. And so we were upstairs and on the far right side and there was a little cafe underneath us and she called me and they were there. It was a Sunday morning and so not a lot of people were in the whole building, thank goodness. And she called me at 8.30 and said she's seen smoke coming out of the bottom on the opposite side of us. And she called 911 and they were headed there. And But it didn't look bad and she would get back with me because I was out of town at a Bible convention, actually. And she called me back an hour later, an hour and a half maybe, and said they got it under control. It's good. I could see on my ring camera that it wasn't affecting our side. And then... She said, yeah, they were wrapping up. The firemen were wrapping up. So I was thinking, okay, I'll just have maybe smoke damage, maybe some water damage. The picture she sent me looked like they broke my door. So I was like, okay, I'll be fine. It'll be okay. We can pick up and just go from there. And then an hour later, she calls and says, the whole building is on fire and they're letting it burn to the ground. Oh my and gosh. Stock. I was like, how did that happen? And Apparently, it's an older building when, and they it was built when they didn't really have codes for things. And there is a distillery in the building, and so that was really flammable. It got in the walls, got to the roofs, and then it just was expanded. Oh my gosh. So was it a distillery that was old something in the past, or was it there was a distillery current no, it was, day? They were just getting it up and going. It's a pretty new spot, yeah. And that became just explosive. I'm guessing all that alcohol just. The right, worst combination to have as a neighbor, I guess. And it's... Do they know what caused the fire? There's been a lot of speculation. I haven't seen a police report yet, but they're saying probably electrical. We had some problems with the elevator there. And so something in, in the electrical is what started it. Hmm. That's heartbreaking. If, especially for you to actually think, wow, we just missed a bullet there. It's going to be Okay. And then two hours later, find out that the whole place just went up and smoked. That's devastating. Crazy. Yeah. And I just was in shock 
I couldn't even believe that it was all gone. Even a couple of days later, I'm looking at things or looking for things. I'm like, oh, that's at the shop. Oh yeah, we can get that. That's at the, and it's just, no, everything. Like personal things, mine, probably personal things with my girls and so much, yeah. So you're trying to rebound from this and just figure out, kind of like ants, when somebody messes up the line, you're, everyone's going crazy trying to figure out what's next. What about insurance? Does that factor into this? Yeah. So I knew I had insurance, so I wasn't feeling bad in that area. Like I knew that that was a box I checked off when I first started my business. I got all my licenses, all my insurance. So I was like, I'll be fine. I have insurance. Well, insurance has details. <laughs> Just how that box checked off doesn't mean you're covered 100%. Um, when I very first started operating in Pennsylvania, I was just operating out of a little office in my husband's offices. So like a studio and I was by myself. And so apparently back then when I got insurance, it was only for $5,000 of personal inventory coverages. Once we looked at that and found that out, I got nervous. So you knew you had insurance, but it wasn't that much because what you'd signed up for was when you were a single practitioner. Wait, limit was five thousand though. What does that mean? Did you that does that include fire or is that just five thousand dollars of belongings for theft? For is there different variables to be considered in that insurance? For the insurance, it was just five thousand of your personal property damage, whether that's fire, flood, theft, no matter what. Okay. I just had five thousand. I had a million or two million dollars if somebody died on my okay. last table. So liability, <laughs> yeah. Injury, slip and fall, that stuff more, but for just replacing belongings in your place with five thousand was the max. So how many at the time of the fire, how many staff did you have or do you have? I have two artists and a manager and a receptionist. And so four total, but two other artists. And I had had four artists. So I had enough product for all of that. So they quickly, one was a recent hire. So she was immediately, I mean, they're both just without jobs. And both of them want to come back and work for me as soon as possible. They didn't want. And so, I mean, that's nice. And that's a good feeling. And so I'm trying to get going as soon as possible because they're a good team. And I really want to keep my team. And so that's why I'm really rushing or not rushing, but trying to speed it up. Yeah. 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 With um, the insurance, just can't stand that for a second just so people understand what they have and what you had. Because I think why one of the takeaways I hope people get from this is to go right today and check your insurance and make sure you have enough coverage and that you're covered for the things that you think you need to be. For instance, fire. I know that sometimes people aren't covered for fire. Then they rely on the building for the fire, like, oh, the building burns down, their insurance would cover, but that wasn't true for you either, right? They cover only their structure, nothing in my... Inside it, right? So all of your equipment, the tables, the chairs, your lashes, your lights, none of that is covered? Only $5,000? $5,000 worth of it, that's it. Oh my goodness. And that, when we started doing our inventory, I was like, okay, it's not going to be... It, hopefully it's not that much. Nope. It was thirty five, forty thousand. And even since then I've thought of more things that were there. But I got the list to the insurance. And they for people to take away too, yes, go and check your policy immediately. Because mine was still sealed in an envelope. I never even opened oh, it. No. Because 
It's like, yeah, I have insurance. Why do I need to look at it again? Yeah, because you think liability is all you need. You're not thinking, no, no, there's fire, there's flood, there's theft. I mean, we were robbed and thankfully we were covered for our robbery or theft. It was like five, six, seven. I mean, I, it was actually nice. I had two new computers. I, I had two old computers I replaced. And while well, I was still paying because I had to pay for out front. And, and it it's took a like, huge violation. It's a violation. It took a month. Our door was smashed. I had to pay still some money out of pocket. It was still nice. But that said, if it was a lot, I don't know if our insurance would cover a $20,000 loss or $50,000 loss. So people need to realize that. And, and you may have to up your limits because you really got to think about what is it going to cost to replace your business if everything's gone? I would sit down and make an inventory. What we've done in the past is actually I did a video and I walked through just to document every piece of furniture, everything in my our salon back in the day so that if it did go I still had a document that could say, well, here's a bed, here's a chair. Because insurance is going, I mean, you haven't probably talked enough to know, but they're going to fight you. They don't want to pay you. They're not like, oh boy, can't wait to pay her money. No, insurance is like, no, you got to prove everything. And make a model of everything too. And so doing the video or pictures, take a picture or video of the tags too, because they mm-hmm. want to know exactly what you had, not yeah. just it. Because they were afraid you're going to try to cheat them and say, well, this bed is a... $2,000 bed when it's really a $550 bed, but you don't have the tag, so they can't tell. So they're always going to default to lower. So you have to prove everything to get your value back. They really become contentious. It's, they are not your friend as much as I wish insurance people were. They're friendly when they're taking your money, but a little less friendly when it comes time for payouts. So, But what about good neighbor? Or your good neighbor, yeah. Stay Farm. Stay, Stay farm. farm is there for your good neighbor? Yeah, right. that's a good marketing ploy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they're a good neighbor as long as you prove that you, you owned it. <laughs> so Deb, in hindsight, what would you have purchased for yourself that would have made your life better at this point or easier for insurance yeah all that i as soon as this is all taken care of and i'm getting updating my insurance to a fifty thousand dollar policy because you got to think of not only all the product you lost but now i have to come up with i six thousand dollars to get into a new place to get into that new place i have to spend three thousand plus on electrical upgrades and so, I mean, that takes care of my insurance money right there, like doubling that. And that's not even buying all the stuff, you know, getting all your products replaced. So do more than just your actual inventory, because if you get displaced, you need money to go forward. I guess I just always thought that somebody else would pay for that. No, I mean, no one pays for that. I no. know, but it wasn't even your fault. I, know, I feel but so bad. That's why you have insurance. Insurance is to let you sleep at night. The government's not going to save you. Like COVID, maybe they save some people, but this is a fire. They don't do anything. What about lost wages? Do your employees get like unemployment during this time or is there some way to help them? Yeah, I do all my taxes and everything by the book. And so I told them like file for unemployment, see if you can get that in the meantime. And then also there's a different part of the insurance that's called business loss interruption insurance. Mm -hmm. And the people are still talking with me to see what I have and how much is qualified because I do have that, but it's like goes off your net income, not your gross. And so I'm trying to see, you know, and also how long I'm closed down for, which hopefully isn't going to be long. So I may be able to get much out of that, but do make sure you at least have that for sure. Well, before we go more into this, because I, I really want to unpack a little bit more, I do want to let people know, and because I know not everyone listens to the end of the podcast, so I want to get this before the end of the podcast, and I'll probably put this in the beginning and the opening. 
comments too, is that one of Deb's friends has started a GoFundMe page. And we were so happy to see immediately within a couple of days. Once that got posted, we went out and I We did the shout out to our Lash community. Yeah, I, I think I DM'd or emailed or texted at least 30 people directly. And then I know Mo from Lash Bash, she went out there and started connecting with people. And there were a few other, other people I know that were just advocating. And I started seeing... Sadly, the picture of your salon burning down, I called over people's pages. Like People were like, hey, let's, let's help Deb out. So there was a mass push last week. So if you saw that, this is the person we're talking to. This is the salon. So far, I'm sure some of these are your friends, but I, I noticed a lot of them are lash people that are in that list. And so far, over $10,000 has been raised for Deb. And it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who heard her plight and felt called to give. You guys are so generous. And yeah. I know that you care for her. Even if you haven't met her, you I like would, her, yeah. feel, feel like it could have been you. In fact, I would say a lot of these people probably have not met Deb because I know some of them were overseas. <laughs> I was just blown away. As soon as you guys emailed me, we've had conversations several times. And so I feel comfortable with you guys. But a lot of these people don't know me. Auto, PLA, Maven Artistry, all these people, they don't know who I am personally, but they are donating so much. And even the brands personally have reached out to me, Cosmo Glow, Lashbox, like all these untamed artistry to send me products. I mean, they donated money, but also to help me buy products and furniture and different things like that too. It's been just blown away with, gracious. I'm just so gracious. My heart is overflowing (laughs) with thankfulness and I can't wait to help them. We may be a small and new industry, but I think that one of the hallmarks of the lash industry is that we're not only smart, but that we're kind and giving and generous. So thank you to everyone who has reached out and donated. Yeah. Really appreciate it. It's huge because truth is the raise that kind of money quickly in just literally two days, it was like 10,000. And now we're at 10,635 and we're not even halfway there. We'd like to get it to 25,000. Now I'm going to sound like a telemarketer or telethon like Jerry Lewis, but we would love to see more people jump on and give. And we have people giving as little as $5. We have people giving up to a thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. Even $5 helps. If everyone think, Oh, I can't do anything because $5 is nothing. $5 is a sacrifice. If that's all you can afford, but we really appreciate it. Yeah. So if everyone right now would give just something and just do every, and I ask to give generously, like if you can afford 10, can, can you maybe just afford 20? Like, can you just find it in your week? Hey, give up one Starbucks for Deb and help her out and give a little bit more than maybe what you first thought you would. That would be amazing. So we can get her to that 25,000, which still will not probably cover all our losses, but we'll get at least a large chunk of it so that she is able to get up and going quickly and get more, most importantly, her team working again so they can make money because unemployment doesn't pay as well as a job. It just doesn't. So it's not like these gals are going to be going six months on unemployment and just living up the, the life. No, it, it's a not a great life. I've been on unemployment in the past, and it's also a little humbling to be on unemployment. They have to take money from the government. It doesn't make anyone feel good about themselves. But that's what it's there for. It's there for, right? but we're just saying that let's help out if we can't get that money right away. So I wanted to say right now in the show notes, there will be a link to the page, to the GoFundMe you can give today. In fact, stop the podcast as I speak and just go click on that link and even do it now. Even if it's five bucks, you guys. Even if it's yes. five bucks. Even five bucks. And then I'm going to challenge you. Give more than five bucks. 
Because you can't. I know most of us can't. I know some of us maybe are also in bad places. I get it. But a lot of us are right now blessed and have a little bit of expendable income, and we can make those sacrifices to help one another. And I hope this is something that becomes a trend that we just see in our industry do all the time. Someone's in need, and we rally around our sisters and brothers, and we help them out because we are all on the same team. While we all are trying to make a living and there's competition, you could say, in the end, we're still all trying to just to support one another. We are a lash family. No, the and, key is that we're united by lashes. Yes, I mean, I, I love that. We can be very different in, in our political thoughts and our religious views, views yeah. but we are united by lashes guys yeah so let that be a call please do it and i know dev is not going to sit here and make a big cry for hey guys send me money because she's not that way so that's what my job has been for last week and i love to see more people jump on and, and give a little something to help out so we can have maybe dev back down the road to after be restored to be and, fully yeah, restored and, and share the good news and hopefully uh, see Deb. Well, I think yeah, we're going to see Deb at LashCon, so you can see Deb there um, and her husband, Justin, Justin, and maybe some of her team. Who knows? So just want to say that real quick so people know. Go to the show notes or and, and be generous, and be generous today. Can. So all right, back to where we are. So we talked about insurance and your salon's been burnt down. What's the roadmap now, or what's the pathway to back on your feet? How long? What's in play? What's going on with all that? I've done my met with inspectors in the area that we live in. We have to have people coming, inspecting it, making sure like everything's up to code, that kind of thing. And so I've met with them, signing the lease, getting that all taken care of. The electrical's almost all finished. It's a clean, good place. So it's pretty much built out. I use recliners. I happen to have one at my house. So that is getting me up and going. And I just immediately started putting orders into getting the products and everything. And so hopefully within a week, really, I want to have my team back wow. working. So that's like two, maybe two, two and a half weeks down total? Yep. Once I have my mind to something, that's like what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, my husband has been supportive of everything I've always wanted or dreamed of. He's right there pushing me. And he does construction, so he's doing a lot of the work for me as well. But without him and you guys and the whole Lash community, I wouldn't be here. But I'm not a sit-in-my-misery kind of person. So I'm pounding pavement and trying to get us going. Every dollar that's brought in, I'm out trying to get us back up there for sure. That's amazing. And uh, I'm excited to hear that. And one of the things that people didn't hear, we said this before the episode, is that she had already been scouting places and had actually was thinking about an expansion. And because there was this other place she wanted, but the deal fell through for this other renter. So she jumped in right after that, just God's perfect timing, I guess you could say, and allowed her to come in and land a place that was already like a nail salon beforehand. So it already had no, room. Tan or tanning. Salon. Tanning. So it had, it had rooms already. So she doesn't have to do a full belt out. She can save some money and is going to at least be able to get in there versus the normal build out, which could be months. I mean, it could be literally months so that before you go into a place where you have to tear down walls, put new walls in, paint, flooring, and before you know it, you know, I mean, we're expanding in next door to us and it's taking us three months just to get into this place next door that was not a lot of work, by the way, <laughs> but people move slowly. Now, no one, you're, everything costs more, it takes longer. Yeah, everything takes longer, everything costs more. And your emergency is not other people's emergencies, right? So I might be like, oh, it's, I'm in the emergency. Everyone's like, I don't care. It's your emergency. I, I'm going to the... I'm going to the baseball game. <laughs> it's like, so here's the question, Deb. What did you do with the clients? And, and have they been yeah. supportive? Are they vowing to come back? Well, part of what was amazing was artists that I've had in the past that were employees that 
I've either let go or that moved on to make their own spaces. Sometimes in the industry, that can make you feel a certain kind of way when people move on to expand or grow. But I've been proud of them this whole time. But they reached out to me and were like, what can we do to help you? And I thought that was amazing in that itself. I felt so blessed by having people like that in the nearby area. And so I was sending clients to them and letting them be taken care of. Some people that I'm really close with client-wise, I've taken care of in the space as it's getting kind of remodeled. But just trying to take care of people, giving them to people that I know are good at lashing. I've trained and I'm hoping the spot that I'm at now isn't as convenient for some people. And so I know I'm losing a few clients, but it'll grow. And some people are traveling still 50 plus miles to come. It's like the story of the phoenix. It dies and then it rises from the ashes, more empowered, more beautiful. This is your opportunity to be that phoenix. You might not have picked it for yourself. (laughs) Like a lot of these life's challenges, we don't actually pick them. But if you let it, there will be a silver lining. That's what I found in terms of God's faithfulness to us personally and, and just in how he's working through this in your life. I pray that that would be your future, Deb, that is you would be as strong and as beautiful and as resilient as the phoenix rising from the ashes, shedding off the ashes of this uh, tragedy. Thank you very much for that. And when sometimes as lash artists, we think, what's next? What's next? And in my whole lash life, I'm always looking forward. Like It's been so good to me. And I'm like, okay, what can I do now? How can I improve this? How can I grow? Should I be a trainer? Should I be a brand, you know, what should I do now? But this kind of gave me that I had an opportunity to do a reset with this happening. And thinking about pursuing other ideas I had, it made me sad to to leave everything I built and the clients that I have. And so it made me realize that my true passion is serving clients. And that's okay. Like we don't have to turn into a brand. We don't have to turn into other things. Like my true passion is owning the salon and training, training staff and having the client relationships. That's what I really love. And I've seen that now. (laughs) So do you think now that you have the opportunity to do something new, are you making any changes to the way that you run the salon? Are you adding more? Is there any kind of change involved with this new opportunity? I've taken the time that I've had these few days off, as you might say, to really analyze. And just in like some strategies, some systems, I'm just updating and improving. And I have room to grow and have, you know, more clients. I've been really thinking I wanted to focus on my trainings, which I've done a handful. But I really am going to put a lot of effort and focus into my staff and building them and improving them and having more. That's great. As a leader of your salon, the best investment you can make is your staff. When I was running a salon, I used to say my number one job is not the client, actually. When I was a manager, my number one job was to take care of my staff. My, I woke up every day with the idea like, what can I do to make my staff's life better? That's my job. Now, of course... Taking care of clients is part of that because it helps us build a business so we can make money, so people get paid. The staff is the one that takes care of the clients. Their job is to interact with the clients and to hands-on make their lives amazing. 
And they're better equipped to do that job when they know that the leadership has their back instead of a dual thing going against, you know, leadership. It's easy as an owner to get caught up about the customer. It really is. is. But I remember that was when I did, the staff would always react poorly because I go, oh, you just care about the client more than me. And I'm like, no. Can you give me an example of what you're talking about? I mean, usually when clients complain, it's easy as an owner to go, well, the staff member or the client said this and the staff member's like, well, that's not what happened. I'm like, and I lo- quickly learned, I need to always ask questions first and ask the team member, like, what happened? I heard this, but I want to hear from you because I value your opinion and I believe in you. And I know that you, your goal is always to do the right thing. So tell me what happened. And then they'll tell me their side of the story. And they often weren't always exactly the same. And there's often uh, it's truth and variation. Uh, Sometimes clients recollections may differ. You know, clients also exaggerate to make a point. They want to, you know, get, you know, maybe get kickbacks or they're just don't like someone, or maybe they did. And what I love is often the employee goes, yeah, I did mess up. I did this by accident. And I, and it, I could tell it set her off and da, 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 da. So I found out when I did that, the employee felt like, oh, I care about them. I want them to do well here. When back in the earlier days, I'd be like, oh, I heard Bullock complain. And now, now she's all pissed at us. And now we have to deal with this. And then I wouldn't ask them for their opinion or their feelings or what happened or how they're doing. And it, they were just like, oh, I guess I'm just a worker here. I don't, you don't care about me. I'm just a peon. Yeah, a peon. Yeah, so. Anyhow, so for right now, at this point, you're almost back up. We have some money raised. We, we got to hopefully raise more. And then you're back on your feet. And I guess lessons, any other lessons learned along this process for you? I'm also going to be starting a, a spreadsheet for all of my items so that that's easier. You don't have to think of a thousand things when it comes that time again. So that spreadsheet will include... The item, but also like you said, the model number, the brand, like they that way it's easy to replace. Like I had this bed and it's worth what? this much. Are there anything else that the insurance companies, like arcane things that they're asking for in order to prove stuff that you wouldn't normally think of? Um, no, just like tax returns, payroll receipts, or statements. The income for each month, I use Figaro, and so it keeps track of every little thing. If you don't use a system like that, that's something that you should probably look into. Because I know a lot of people use Square. I don't know if Square really does keeps track of that. Or even people that just are a cash business, if you're not keeping track of things somehow, then it's just gone, and gone is gone. That's a big one. Most, yeah, Figaro or Square does use you can track your income and all that. Not itemized, but you'll know what you made and where the money came from. But I love the idea of the spreadsheet. It's huge, huge, huge. And to really fight against the cash-only business. I know some people just do that because they don't have to report taxes. But man, you're playing a gambling game because at some point, if your place burns down and you're like, well, it's all... Yeah, I have no records, really. You're going to have not a lot of empathy from others around you. They're going to get government write-offs. You know, like, I'm going to assume... That I'm hoping a lot of this, you'll be, be, yeah, in fact, I know you will, you'll be able to write this off. Whatever you pay out of pocket is going to be a write-off against your, you know, your, yeah, you exactly. so you can at least recoup some of the tax money through this too. But still, if you're all cash and they don't know how much you make and there's, I don't know. I it's going to be a hard time proving your income. It's going to yeah. be a hard time getting approved for a loan. Yeah. Or loans. Yeah. If you, especially if you have to go get a loan at that point, because some people would. Yeah. So much business wisdom and not doing cash. Yeah. But there were some businesses in the building that we were in that were restaurant type businesses and they had safes. Mm. And so I assume they keep a lot of their cash in the safe because they're really worried about it. But it melted. I oh mean, those, it's fires like that get so hot that 
melts I mean, everything. Dude, it the entire it, safe melted? Yeah, it gets so hot that it's just that kind of heat just melt metal. I'm like, physically, what happens to the metal? It just melts. Metal melts. Is it consumed? I don't know. I don't well, know. The, the structure is kind of melted all into this mound of heat. metal. Yeah. yeah. That's another reason not That's to keep horrifying. cash on site. I know for us. Because it would burn up I, in there. I try to cash do our deposits like every other day. I didn't want to wait a week or two weeks for cash to get up to thousands and thousands of dollars and take it in. I was like, no, no, no. We're going to take this in almost every... I almost did every day, to be honest. Because I back in the day, we had 13 stylists working. So... You know, we do a day and it'd be like five, ten, six thousand dollars, and I'd have a thousand dollars in cash. And I, I just, there's no way I'm going to let that sit around. And because we also were robbed, and once we were robbed, I also learned like, thankfully, they didn't find our envelope, but they, they almost did. They found their our petty cash, which was 500 bucks. But if they had found the envelope, I think it had like three thousand dollars in it, and that would have been a real, real bummer. So, yeah, you don't keep cash on site. And also, a good lesson too would be to keep some supplies. Even just a minimal one of everything at your house, just so you have something in case of that a is a good. Yeah, I don't do that. So, yeah, a, just have a just little have backup like a plan. Bug out yeah. kit, yeah. right? Like in case yeah. the end of the yeah. world. Some people have survival tools and yes. things to barter with. One of my clients does, and she talks about it all the time. She's like, I've got my bug out pack. And I'm like, okay, what's in it? She's like, well, today I put alcohol in it. I'm like, okay, that's great. She's like, because it's got a dual purpose. I said, what is it? She's like, you can sterilize and you can barter. (laughs) Oh, barter. There you go. So you can also do a a lash bug out pack. Have some tools, have some glue, have some lashes. Yeah. You know, anything else just to do at least one set. What a good takeaway that is, Deb. Well, I think we covered most of it. I know that I know this probably wasn't like the most favorite podcast. Be like, oh boy, I get to be on a podcast talking about my burnt down salon. But, but- I think that people care. Yeah. They want to support you. Yeah. I think that other people could see themselves in your position. We're just literally one misstep away from a tragedy. So people like the opportunity to be able to support you. So I know you guys are feeling generous. I want you to go to that link in our bio and support Deb because one day it might be you. Yeah. <laughs> right? No. I just want to say, I hope this just helps, you know, even one person to avoid losing everything literally. And thank God, you know, everybody was safe. Nobody was physically hurt or anything. And also, I just want to say thank you to you guys, to the entire Lash community for reaching out to little old me. Like, I'm nobody in the industry. You know, I'm not anything special. I don't have any big brands or whatever, but the people are just treated me like family from day one. The messages, the thoughts, the prayers, the donations have all been. I just can't wait to hug every single person at LashCon. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I appreciate you letting us, you know, be part of your life in this tragedy and sharing it. Some people, these type of things happen and they just hide away and don't want the world to know. And not that I think you were on the corner of street corners proclaiming this, but the fact that you were willing to come on here and talk about it means a lot. Well, you and, are part of our community. Yeah. I know you referred to yourself as little old me, but you, you're you one of the good guys. You listen to the podcast. You share with others. She's a Lashie Award winner. We didn't say that. Yeah, you are a Lashie <laughs> Award winner. You try to do the best Twice, that you yeah, can. two times. Yeah, two years. Yeah. So proud of you. And so I think that, yeah, you have a good reputation and people yeah. like you. Yeah. So. so. It's an honor to be able to be a part of this journey for you. And we'll have you on another time because we talked a little bit before we got into this about some other stuff 
that was, I think, incredibly powerful. And I think people would love, it'd be really encouraging and helpful towards other lash artists in their industry, but we can't do it today. But so you'll have to come we'll back. We'll have to have her come back. Maybe six months from now, after you're back on your feet, maybe we can catch up about the salon. And then we can maybe talk about some of these other things and um, get to know you a little bit better because I, I think you are a really special person in our industry. Really is blessed to have you and get to hear from you. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you, Deb. And otherwise, we will see you in October at LashCon. And uh, are you going to be entered the, the Lash Awards again? You yeah, better. I feel like I'm like I don't know what anything new I have to offer, but I will. I don't know. Do it anyway. I think you should. And. I- we were four years in a row salon today, top 200 salon. All right. So the first year I spent literally like two weeks writing essays. Our essays were huge. I mean, thankfully you guys don't give us monster essays. You just write small, like two paragraph essays. I write, I'd write two page documents about everything in our business. But truth is I always thought, Oh my gosh, next year I'm going to rewrite it all and start from scratch. No, no. Obviously some things are working and if they're working, just talk about them again and just take it, you know, share it again. You don't have to go back and reinvent the wheel. But the thing about the last year awards is that by thinking about it, by applying it automatically because you're engaged, you're thinking about your business, it's already making improvement for you for what you're going to do the next year. So I think it's something that sharpens us as business owners. That was the idea is that then people would see, okay, I didn't win this or I didn't win what that, but I'll go back and improve or add a couple more things and come back with a lot of the same content, but with some upgrades in my business. And then hopefully that year I'll get recognized. That Hopefully you'll you'll enter. I think it'd be great. Definitely. All right, right. Deb. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. Love you guys. Hey guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And I want you right now, before you do anything, if you haven't already gone, please stop the podcast and go click on the show notes. And in there, you'll see a link to go give something, just anything to support Deb right now to help her get back on her feet, guys. This I really would love to see our industry rally around and, and get her going with that 25K. It would be an amazing story. And we'll have her back maybe later in the year or early next year, kind of share everything, like how she rebuilt, how this all happened. And she actually shared with us off the record some other details about her life. And she's she's a fighter. She's had some really tough things happen to her. And I think it's a lot of stuff that you guys would find very inspiring. So we, we hope to have her back. That's the plan. And we'd love to hear about what happened and get a report from all of us who supported her. It's time then to come back and hopefully we can celebrate with her with an amazing comeback story. All right, aside from that, please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Palm Tustany, as well as our special guest, Deb, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.